You're listening to the Christian Single Moms Podcast. Welcome to the Christian Single Moms Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Donnelly, founder of Agape Moms, and I am just so happy to have you with me today. Here on the podcast, we explore what it means to discover you on the journey through. And what that means to me is I believe that every single mom can discover a life of peace, power, and purpose. And I believe that she can do it right through the things that God is carrying her through in her season as a single mom. Today on the podcast, we're going to be diving into feelings. And I know you've probably heard this expression that you need to feel your feelings. And for the longest time, I was sort of confused about what that even actually meant. You see, if I go back into my story, I was pretty emotionally closed off as a child and a teenager and had difficulty accessing my feelings. And for many of us, that comes out in all kinds of different ways. And for me, and I've said this on the podcast before, it was basically that I kind of went into this achiever mode that I just started striving and doing a lot of things in order to manage my feelings and anxieties and things like that. And so what that led to as I started into my young adult years and dating and getting into a relationship What that really meant for me was that I was confused about feelings. I was confused about love. I was confused about what to even expect. And because I was somewhat shut off in these areas, it led me into a toxic relationship. And yet in the midst of all that, one of the things that God did in helping me finally start to open up to my feelings was he brought my kids into my life. And through my kids, I began to have kind of a safe access, I felt like, to my feelings. You know, you have this little bundle that you have joy and maybe some fear around that you have excitement, but you also have frustration. And the love that you have for your child, though, very often connects you to the feelings in a safe way. And so that was what happened for me. I started being able to cry at movies and I didn't feel like I was emotionally closed off anymore, but then I had to deal with the pain then that came with the recognition of the type of marriage that I was in. So in becoming aware of that and then moving through and into divorce, God's actually helped me to learn how to access those feelings so that I feel more balanced when it comes to thoughts and feelings and given me the ability to experience the gifts that are in the emotions, even if they are negative emotions. Today's guest is Chip Dodd, and Chip wrote a book called Voice of the Heart. And this book has been really eye-opening for me in terms of understanding my feelings because he talks so much about the gifts that are inside of our feelings, if we will feel them and then look at what our opportunities are in connecting with God, connecting with ourselves, and connecting with other people. Chip and I will also talk about vulnerability, how we can feel our feelings, and then start to safely share them as we build trust with people in our relationships and how that can actually lead to greater intimacy. Chip's emphasis on feelings is that they are the voice of our hearts and that in being able to feel our feelings, we can actually also experience what it is to live fully alive. In Chip's book, he mentions that there are eight core emotions and one of them is lonely. Over at agapemoms.com forward slash quiz, I have a quiz called What's Your Loneliness Type? 
Loneliness is something that all of us experience in a somewhat different way and may have some different root causes for. And so in taking that quiz, you're able to start to access some of the roots of your experience with loneliness and then gain some insight into what you might be able to do about it. Again, that's at agapemoms.com forward slash quiz. I'd like to tell you about Chip Dodd. Chip is a teacher, trainer, author, and counselor who has been working in the field of recovery and redemption for nearly three decades. He holds a PhD in counseling from the University of North Texas and is the founder of Journey Pure's Center for Professional Excellence, a treatment center that brings freedom to people in professional fields who struggle with addiction, depression, and other debilitating issues. He has authored several books, including the best-selling The Voice of the Heart, A Call to Full Living. Chip and his wife, Sonia, reside in Tennessee and have two grown sons. Not only is Chip able to take some of these really difficult concepts and bring in some practical wisdom, but he also just has a super warm heart that makes this whole conversation feel really inspiring and hope-filled. Here is my conversation with Chip Dodd. Chip, it is a pleasure to have you on today. Feelings are something that I think are kind of an enigma to a lot of us. I think you're right. (laughs) And it's something that I think as we hear terminology like feel your feelings and those kinds of things, when you've gone through some upheaval, you're not really even sure what that means anymore Yes. or how to do it. And I'm excited that we're going to unpack a little bit of this and kind of get to the bottom of some of these things. So thank yes, you. I think I love, thank you for inviting me to be here today too. I think it, this is a great topic. It's, it's, it's a great topic anytime, but it's a great topic for right now and for, for who you're speaking to. It's wonderful. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And let's just dive right in. You okay. know, when it comes to our feelings, we tend to judge ourselves a lot for feelings that we have mm-hmm. and that can keep us away from really accessing those feelings and yes. the things actually that we can grow from yeah. in that. Yes. So I want to know if you would help us to reshape our understanding of our emotions and how feelings actually then fit into the Christian life. Yeah, that's a, it's a great question. And it, it, we could go, you know, 50 different directions, but they'll all wind up in the same place. It's like a, a circle spinning that goes to its destination, you know, mm-hmm. but Let's start with, with, you know, we're raised in so many ways, educationally, to be able to take notes, maybe balance a checkbook, know how to use the computer. We, we gain all kinds of skills, but in so many ways, we also end up skipping the one, the one most important skill we're ever gaining in our lives is what to do with our hearts and what to do with the language of the heart. And, and the initial language of the heart is what we feel. And by the way, that's proven neuroscientifically that we're created, born as creatures who they call, the neuroscientists call, we have a biological imperative to be in relationship or to be connected. And the language or the tools that, especially in the early days we use, are the the feelings and feeling tones. We express feelings as a way to connect with the anticipation that someone will connect back with us Mm. and attend to our feelings and attune with us. In other words, they'll have understanding, empathy, and compassion. So we're literally created by God as feeling creatures who are made to use feelings to connect with others for contentment, 
for healing, for growth, for encouragement, for strength, and, and, and it goes on and on. So feelings are literally born into us. And the scripture says, you know, capture every thought, make, take every thought captive. And this is where the judgmentalism piece potentially comes in. Take every thought captive so that we can examine and use God's first question to, to answer based upon his question. The first question God ever asked us is a Hebrew word. It's Aika, A-Y-E-K-A, spoken in the Garden of Eden. He comes into the garden. We've decided to separate ourselves from God. And he says, Aika, <clears throat> which is an emotional question. It's a question that a parent asks a child or a, to, a spouses ask each other or friends ask friends. It's, I, I see your body, I see your head turning, but where are you in your heart? Where, mm -hmm. where are you coming from? Where are you truly? Like, where are you is what the word means. Mm -hmm. so God says, where are you? And the answer from the very beginning is emotional. I was afraid in this case. I was afraid. It could have been I was sad. I was hurt. I was lonely. So take every thought captive so we can ask ourselves the question, where am I and what am I doing? Where is this going? What's going on with me? What do I need to do about it? What's right about this? What's wrong about this? What's true about this? What's a lie about this? What's good about this? What's bad about this? So instead of judging our thoughts, we need to take them captive and examine them and then ask ourselves the question that God asks us is, where are you? So we can answer about where we are because in spite of what we've been taught, thoughts come from feelings. When we're lonely, it produces certain levels of thoughts. When we're sad, it produces thoughts. When we're hurt, it produces thoughts. So when we take our thoughts captive, it's called it's it's there to bring us back to how we're made. And we are, and it's a long answer, but we are emotional and spiritual creatures created to live fully. And the only way we can do that is in relationship with ourselves, being able to articulate what's happening inside of us, to be in relationship with others and God. That is the fulfilled life. That is the only way we're going to be able to live fully in this life. So when we judge our feelings, long answer, here's the short statement. When we judge our feelings, we're removing ourselves from how God made us. We're separating, separating ourselves from answering God's first question. When we judge ourselves, we're removing ourselves from being connected to others. And when we judge ourselves, we're isolating ourselves from how we're made, who we're made to be, whose we're made to be, and then what we're literally made to do. So bad teaching has taught us that feelings are wrong, when actually the truth is reactions to feeling often lead us into, you know, doing wrong or sin or denying our feelings lead us into wrongdoing and sin or mistakes. Ownership of our feelings leads us to the possibility of being connected, which is what we're made for, to find fulfillment. And so it's just astounding that so many ways the world has uh, infected uh, the language that we were born with and turned it into reactivity and defensiveness instead of truth-telling and strength in being able to tell the truth, which is strength is being able to be vulnerable, while having boundaries, you know. I like the distinction that you made there too, because 
if we can separate out feelings from thoughts, from actions, then we realize that the feeling itself is something that's like an alert system that yeah. it's Ener- just telling energy, us energy in motion. Yeah. It's just telling us that there's something that we need to pay attention to and tune Absolutely. into yes. and that we can then monitor the thought that we're having. We can choose a course of action. We might spend some time on that part of it, but if we just shut off the feelings, then we're denying ourselves the opportunity to Absolutely. connect and grow yeah. and move forward. Yes. And, and even if you move yourself from your feelings and you're removing yourself from your capacity to care hmm. because I mean, caring is rooted in compassion and compassion is rooted in being able to identify with another person's experience which means, oh man, I remember what that felt like. I remember what was going on with me when I was in that place. But another distinction that's very important is that we we have so terribly mislabeled what feelings actually are. That there are really only eight core feelings. I mean, there are three primary colors. There are eight basic musical notes. There's a certain amount of teeth certain number of organs in the body. So it's no astronomical mystery to think that God may have just simply, you know, implanted in us eight, eight tools, uh, eight emotional tools that allow us to at core live fully in a tragic place. And then it's like, uh, you know, the primary colors, if you mix and match them, you have thousands and thousands of expressions, tone, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but the feelings are the same way, but at core, unless you're speaking out of the core feelings you can't really be an artist unless you know the primary colors. You can't really paint, you know? Mm, so, yeah. so it's like there are eight core feelings. That's important to know. And that's what, that's where the book of the voice of the heart concentrates. Right. Yeah. right. And so in the voice of the heart, you mentioned that the eight core feelings are hurt, lonely, sad, anger, fear, shame, guilt, and glad. Yeah. And I think the thing that struck me when I looked at that list is I was like, okay, that's seven not so pleasant feelings and one, one good one. Yeah, I know. But, but I think the thing that I started to connect to as I was reading through the book was the fact that having so many alert feelings actually brings us to lots of places of healing and connection and action that is really positive. Yeah. Um, so I want to know if you would kind of go into detail a little bit on that and understanding how those core feelings bring us then to that full fullness of life. Yes. That's, that's such a thrilling question. And, you know, even in the book, I'll, I'll, I go ahead and acknowledge everyone that hears that list, they go, wait a minute, how come there are seven bad ones and only one good one? And see, automatically we go straight to judgment straight to, oh, fear is bad, sadness is bad. And then mm-hmm. many Christians turn it into fear is a sin and, and sadness is a sin. It's a lack of faith and so on. So that judgment eradicates God's creation. You know, that's like saying your mm. lungs are bad yeah. or your eyesight is bad because those mm-hmm. are just as natural, just as God made as feelings. So, I mean, it's like, it's just, that's just profound to me that, that somehow the because of what we do with feelings, it turns into, uh, uh, labeling them as, as, as sin. But we've been given eight, eight core feelings that allow us to live fully in a tragic place. So, I mean, if we didn't live here, there's no really need for fear. If we didn't live here, there's no real need for sadness or loneliness. I mean, because like you said, they're, they're indicators, they're, uh, 
uh, switch lights, uh, lights on the dashboard, their motivators, uh, the activators, I think you said, they allow us to be aware. And so like fear is a feeling that says, hey, there may be some danger here. So fear is a warning to say, watch out. Uh, and, and therefore it also awakens in us a desire to get away from whatever's dangerous. So it's the feeling that allows us to cry out for help. And then when we do, we end up developing a thing called faith and wisdom, discernment, like, okay, I need to listen to fear. Sadness is a feeling that allows us to seek comfort when we've lost someone or something that matters to us. I mean, and, and literally just think about that. Sadness is a communicative experience. It, it's in us to allow us to communicate loss. How come? Because loss means I'm without something I need. And so it's a feeling that says, reach out for that which will make you whole again. And that is for comfort, to be cared mm -hmm. about, to be held up, to be, and, and for example, gentleness means able to be leaned against. When, when, when we're sad, we need someone to lean against because we don't have the energy to carry on with the full vibrancy that we would want to have. So sadness allows us to grieve which brings us to being able to live strong in a place where loss exists and still attach anyway, to still find a thing called acceptance. Yeah, life is tough and rough, man. And it is like can overwhelm us. And yet, so I, I, I accept that and I still want to live. And when we receive comfort and care and gentleness and concern from others, we literally heal. No mm -hmm. medicine necessarily mm -hmm. passed from a hand. No one gave me a certain kind of food necessarily. They gave me connection from their heart to mine and it did something. So there is a mysterious truth that God created us to find uh, to, it sounds going to sound weird. We're created to eat each other, <laughs> we to be communion, to commune mm. each other. I mean, mm -hmm. and it's like uh, when I'm hurt and someone helps me heal, it, I'm encouraged and I'm made strong again. Uh, anger is a desire for change, a desire for something to be different than it is. Mm -hmm. it, it allows me to hunger and thirst and, and yearn and long and hope for something, to reach towards a change and creating. And anger and rage are very different. And almost all of us have experienced rage and we, it was labeled as anger. Mm -hmm. And rage is, is being terrified of vulnerability. And, but anger is a willingness to be vulnerable because something matters to me so much. You do, you do this podcast and this Zoom, you do it courageously. Hmm. And you, 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 you and I were talking ahead of time and you, you, were, you weren't doing this five years ago. Yeah. You had no clue. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, 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 but through your own healing and then wanting others to have what you'd been given. You said, I am going to, I hunger to, I thirst to, I'm going to take a risk to. That's anger. Mm -hmm. Instead of rage, which is I'll do whatever I got to do to cover up, mm -hmm. anger is going, I'll do whatever I've got to do and experience whatever I've got to experience to show and give and offer. Mm -hmm. And the gift of anger is passion, mm -hmm. which every mother who's a mother knows passion is a willingness to be in pain for something that matters more than pain. And Michelle, you're doing this. It's called passion. Yeah. Well, yeah. Be in pain. You, you've probably been made fun of, or you probably had to, you've been criticized or, mm. you know, mm -hmm. and then mm -hmm. you go, okay, that hurts. Yeah. And that's sad. And I'm lonely. 
and I'm doing it anyway. <laughs> yeah. And I'm doing it anyway. That's right. <laughs> that, and I think that's that indignant part of anger where it's like, yes. it gives you the gusto, you yes. know, <laughs> which allows you to be vulnerable. Yeah. And that same anger also allows you to have boundaries. Yeah. Which yeah. is so many of us who get wounded, we've got to return to vulnerability and gain the wisdom, the strength of being able to say no or yes, or that's yeah. okay with me, to remove ourselves from toxic relationships and to reach out for connecting relationships, you know? Well, and I think you make some great distinctions that number one, some of those feelings that we feel like fear, like, oh, I'm not supposed to have fear that we're called not to so that we don't act out of it. But having the fear, as you said, actually can lead to faith when we meet it in a legitimate way. Absolutely. When we see the need that's behind those feelings and we seek God in it, it actually gives us that fullness of experience because we're pulling God into all of these emotions. And that may mean involving other people. And sometimes that process with vulnerability is a little messy. And (laughs) we find out like, oh, that person can't actually meet my needs. (laughs) Exactly. Like, okay. That was a mistake. That was out right. of my past. That's what I was familiar to me. I need to go a new route. Mm-hmm. You, you said it beautifully. Basically, you kind of summarized the whole process as that a healthy approach to feelings. It can be a negative approach or a healthy approach. But is feel your feelings. Take, take the thoughts captive. Tell the truth about the feelings to people who know what they are. And then give that to the process. Give it to God. And watch what God does with it. It's very vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you pointed to this intersection that exists between vulnerability and needs and relationality. And I think sometimes, especially if you've been hurt in the past, you kind of feel like, well, I've been vulnerable and it didn't work out. So that must be, I shouldn't do that. You know, and it is more of a a trial and error process to say, and as you just said, finding people who do get it, finding people who are wise in those ways that if you're met with resistance or you don't have your needs met by a specific person, it doesn't mean shut it all down entirely. No. It means keep no. searching. Oh, that's so beautiful. And, and think about the courage it takes to keep searching mm-hmm. in a world where, where the rejection might be familiar yeah. or the past repeats itself. We've got to heal from the past that tells us to not be vulnerable again. Mm-hmm. And once we get hurt, I mean, this is a, this is a normal human reaction. That's why we have to have God and other people who know God from the heart with us. Hurt means a defense. Like, I don't want that to experience again. Our problem is that we promise, we say, I'll never feel that again. I'll never let myself be hurt again. And and Michelle, hurt people hurt people. Right. And so if we don't deal with our hurt, then other people who would want to love us who try to love us, we reject them. And mm. then we become the um, the harmer. Yeah, the herder. We, we, yeah, right. We become the herder. And, yeah, yeah. And it's like, well, that's not okay. No, yeah. So the people who need to be hurt, we need to stay away from. If we yeah, can. right, right. And that is that is the threat, I think, to discovering vulnerability is feeling that anybody I open up to is going to hurt me. Yeah. Or I think it's really understanding that they have the power to, they have the power to hurt you. Um, and, but it was interesting because I was actually praying about this just maybe a couple of weeks ago. And it was like, Lord, if I put a little more weight on this relationship, I feel like this person could hurt me. And I felt just this so sweet of a whisper of like, but it also could be a place where you'd find healing. It also could be that this is a place where you would find love. And I think that that's, 
the thing that we, we step into vulnerability carefully, especially if that's been a struggle for us in the past, but that we, we don't have to look at it as a, you know, an either or equation that it's, it's something that's not a yes or a no, but it's done in measure. And it's it's both and yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's all about the, the trust component of that. So can you, do you have any wisdom behind that as far as how we step into some of that vulnerability? I kind of stumbling a little bit because your questions are just so real and so good. They're so, they're so right on. I mean, this is, these are the questions. Um, when it comes to like, you know, we stumble into vulnerability, but we, we've got to be willing, like you said, using that scenario, Hey, this is a relationship that's kind of getting weighty. Like this matters. Mm-hmm. I can get hurt. Oh, how do I, stay open to getting hurt, but not too hurt. And how do I stay, you know, aware with boundaries to know where to start and stop. And we do it, we have to do it clumsily, but there are some skills to do it, you know, uh, with a little bit of art. And that's by asking questions, you know, it's like, Hey, this is my experience. What's yours. Okay. And they share back. Okay. And, if the sharing is complementary, I don't mean equal. Oh, you feel hurt. I feel hurt. You feel sad. But if it's complementary, if that person is capable of sharing their thoughts and their feelings and the stories that go with it without dictating what you should think or you should feel or you sh- what actions you should take, then you got a trust moment to go if you're drawn to each other into the next story while remaining open to asking questions. And as you do that process, where are you? Where are you? I'm feeling this. I'm feeling this. And yet there's no infringement. Well, you shouldn't think this and you shouldn't Mm. think that and you shouldn't feel that. As soon as there's boundary crossing, which means telling another person what they should think, should feel, and should do. That's basic boundary because they're touching their bodies without permission, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like even children scream about that. Little children go, no, why are you grabbing my arm? I mean, that's mm-hmm. odd madeness, you know? Mm-hmm. And so as long as that goes along and then if somebody makes a mistake, because we all do, we're all going to mess up. When you say, Hey, that, that was sad to me and hurt when you said those words, if that person after a moment or two can say, I'm sorry. I see how I did that because they can relate. Mm -hmm. Then you've got a healing piece. Mm. All right. And which means you can, if you're drawn to each other, keep going over these hurdles. When you come to a place that the shoulds kick in, Mm. that makes sense. Like, (laughs) yeah, I always say shoulds are shame. (laughs) Shoulds are shame. Shoulds. And we, we, we don't need to should on each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds like I yeah. That's right. <laughs> don't shoot, don't shoot on yourself and don't yes. shoot on others. On other people. <laughs> yeah. But uh when when it comes to that and it and it can't get cleared, what that means is that you will one either pray for deeper tolerance and patience and forbearance, or you might be moving into a relationship that can't grow anymore. Hmm. Or you've moved into a real toxic place where a person's walls are have no windows and doors. Mm. And that's where we see a lot 
of uh, marriages that won't grow or marriages that end. Mm -hmm. And if that person is someone who will do whatever it takes not to feel, not to tell the truth, not to give it to the process, you have a, a, a very painful mm. place to live in yeah. that becomes survival instead of li living life-giving. And we all mess up. This isn't about messing up. This, but yeah. it's, about, it's about messing up and remaining open to uh, healing up. It's about messing up and remaining open to forgiveness seeking. I mean, two, the two most powerful words, well, three powerful words, the three most powerful words that we genuinely can live, live in a healthy relationship is, I am sorry. Hmm. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry I said that. Uh, and the, the, the reason that's powerful is because when a person genuinely says, I'm sorry, they're identifying themselves in the other person. They're going like, oh, I get what that would be like, which means they're awake in heart, empathy-wise. Yeah, and I love this, the practical steps that you kind of gave there as far as the you share a little and they share a little because as I understand That's intimacy too, you know, as we talk about dating and relationships and things like that, that for there to be real intimacy, there, intimacy, there has to be that real vulnerability. But if either one or both of you is quote unquote emotionally unavailable, you're unavailable to your own emotions, but then you're unavailable to these other person's emotions that that's where all of the breakdown is that it if is. you're not willing to even approach the subject or deal with the subject, if you're deflecting the subject or you're pointing at somebody else's feelings instead of looking at your own and that, that that's really where a lot of these relational dynamics break down in the sense that one or both of you is not able to, or not willing to access your emotions and to, to expose them to truth. And I think that's just such an excellent point that yes. truth really underlies all of this stuff. Yes. And it's essential. It is. And, and isn't it amazing that, that identifying your feelings and then being able to explore them, take ownership of them, and then express them properly, that's called responsibility. Mm -hmm. That's response ability. Uh, that's where we get the, word, the ability to respond. respond. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then that opens the door to into me see where we get mm -hmm. intimacy, mm -hmm. you know, three mm -hmm. words into me see. Yeah. And then if you see into me and you don't run away and you, you find yourself being willing to be seen into, then if there's affinity, which means drawn together to the campfire, like, Hey, I want to be not just here because of the, the warmth. Mm -hmm. I want to be here because of the shared story. Mm -hmm. You've got a relationship. You've got connection. Wow. And then you're not alone in the universe. Yeah. That's you a know? beautiful depiction. I love those, those words that you, you had, you just broke those down. That's so, yeah. such a good way of understanding what yeah. we're seeking after in relationship. And that, that's so important because if a person doesn't deal with their feelings, identify, be willing to explore where is this coming from? Not why do I have these feelings? But well, you have them because you have them. Okay. Here's mm -hmm. your explanation. Mm -hmm. But where is this coming from? And who do I tell? That really is the opposite of reaction. That's me forging my own path and making my own choices. Responsibility mm -hmm. versus reactivity. Reaction is I take action based on what you do. Mm -hmm. It's playing life defensively. Mm. versus stepping into life with desire. Yeah, from a more of a knee-jerk kind of yeah. approach. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Chip, can you um, talk a little bit about talking about feelings here though, and feeling our feelings and all that kind of stuff. Can you talk about what it looks like, how cool, how we can know (laughs) that we are not feeling our feelings and you know, what are some of the side effects might be of not doing that? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, we, we have to accept uh, one, it's important for us to be like, take every thought captive. It's important for us to be sensitive to our thoughts, not narcissistic and self-absorbed, but aware, aware of my thoughts, aware of my body, aware of my, my heartbeat, aware of my adrenaline, aware of my stomach, aware of my heart rate, and then aware of my attitude, aware of my disposition. Okay. Because all of those are indicators of having feelings. Now, remember, I, I, I don't say feelings aren't God by any means. Feelings are the connectors that mm-hmm. allow us to uh, attend to our bodies, attend to our thoughts, and attend to each other. Okay. So, like, for example, we may say, I'm, I'm depressed today, or I'm feeling depressed, or I'm feeling sluggish, or I'm just kind of worn down, or I just kind of like, I just don't care very much, or I'm just anxious. I just feel nervous. Well, it could be hormones. It could mm-hmm. be I haven't eaten, or it could be I'm just really scared about something. Mm-hmm. So being sensitive to our bodies, our heart rates, our thought processes are all very important. So sensitivity, not self-absorption, but 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 recognizing how we're created, it's acceptance of how we're created and being grateful for it, that we are aware, awake and aware. But then to ask ourselves, like, what is going on with me? And so you can describe the outer regions. Oh, my thoughts are racing. I'm just feeling uptight. Uh, my work is stress. I've got pressure on me. Well, all of those are indicators of something going on core inside, just like a fever Body aches is an indicator of a virus or a bacteria. You can take aspirin all day long and you can, uh, you know, lie in bed for the body aches and aspirin for the fever, but it may not address the core problem. Mm -hmm. The core problem is almost always what we're feeling related to what's going on in our lives. So use everything in your life. Throw nothing away. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Unless nothing harming you, but throw nothing away. Listen to your anxiety. Mm-hmm. Listen to your depression. Listen to your numbness. Listen to your disorientation. Listen to the restlessness, irritability, discontent. Listen to your your giddiness. You know. Mm. Listen to your excitement. Listen to your amazement. And it's all uh, related to you know feelings, which allow you to connect to God and others. Like when you see a sunset, you can say that's astounding. Okay. Yes, that's astounding. That's magnificent. Yes, that's magnificent. But what do I feel when I see it? Um, I feel so glad and I feel so sad. What? I feel so glad to know that God does a daily encore. You know, when the day's over, he almost like. Paints it across the sky. (laughs) Hey, I'm doing this every day. Mm. I'm right here. And I'm I'm just throwing that in. It's like it's an everyday experience. But we go, oh, we have joy gladness now the sadness may be i remember many many sunsets and i remember growing up and now i'm old i once Mm -hmm. was young and i saw Mm -hmm. the same sun on the same days and there are many things i won't get to do anymore and it also reminds me of this person we worked really hard together we work out we would do these things we're going for the championship and 
I remember we were running as the sun was going down a lot of times and I missed that guy. Mm. He died and so-and-so. It's like, mm-hmm. ugh. Mm-hmm. So our very joy may open us up to sadness. If we're not open to sadness, believe it or not, I would have missed the sunset. Mm. Because feelings, believe it or not, joy, I don't mean the gift of the spirit joy, but gladness literally mm-hmm. comes from being good at the seven feelings we don't like. Mm-hmm. And I really want to repeat that. I want you mm-hmm. to hear that that gladness really is an outcome. Gladness really is a gift that comes from being adept or good at feeling the other feelings. Like when I feel fear and I reach for help and help comes. When I feel sad and I need comfort and comfort comes. When I feel lonely and I need somebody to, to reach out for my hand in the dark and so I can have intimacy, then all three of those feelings brought me to gratitude. And you mentioned in the book as well that full living, living fully and experiencing these feelings means that we also, though, are feeling pain in that and that full living can be really excruciating. And I love that you made that point because it's the whole spectrum of emotions. Yeah, it really is. And, you know, the moment we, uh, like, for example, uh, when we have children, if, if you know, a lot of your audience has had children, and the moment you have a child, I mean, love is there, but you've also signed a contract of pain. Mm. Kind of like, wait a minute, mm-hmm. love and pain are inextricably tied together. Yeah. And if we're not able to love, we increase the suffering. Okay, for sure. Mm-hmm. But if you do love someone, you've also increased pain. So, I mean, yeah, I would yeah. rather have the pain of love than the suffering of non-love. Mm, that's you know? so good. Whew, I think there's a C.S. Lewis quote that that reminds me of where it's like, if you don't, you know, if you want to keep yourself safe, then don't love anything. Uh-huh. Keep yourself shut off from everything. And oh, that's great. Yeah. Lock yourself away. Yeah. Right. But and there's so, so much we miss out on that yeah. to really experience the joy of the things that God does give us that yeah. there is going to be, there's going to be loss and there's going to be hurt and there's going to be all variety of different things that go along with that, but it's not avoiding those things. is not worth missing out on the joy that we have. Uh, amen. And that's, that's Garth Brooks and that's the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to take a break here to tell you about our sponsor, Faithful Counseling. Faithful Counseling is Christian counseling that is available through an app. And in that app, you can schedule video sessions with a counselor. You can chat with them and go through your week as you explore some of these feelings and process some of the things that might make feeling your feelings a little difficult. If you've been thinking about Christian counseling and would like to give Faithful Counseling a try, you can get 10% off of your first month by going to getfaithful.com forward slash single mom. I want to know as well, though, as we're talking about feeling our feelings and some of these people that you've worked with and, you know, as we're trying to tune into that though, and separate out, okay, I'm having this feeling. What are some specific, maybe strategies and things that we could do some practices maybe that can help us to stay in tune? Because sometimes if we've avoided for our, our feelings for so long, we don't even know how to tune back in. Yeah, that's, that's great. That's, so, well, one is we, we talked earlier about one is the work is three steps, identify, explore, express, which is what am I feeling? Where's it coming from yesterday, a thousand years ago, 
or, you know, last night or right now. So identify, explore, and then express, who do I tell? That's sort of the, the three-step movement, okay? Then a second piece to that is be willing to feel your feelings, be willing to tell the truth about them, take ownership of them, and give them to the process of connection because we're made for relationships. So that's kind of the basic structure. Mm-hmm. If you've lost contact with your feelings, I really believe it's important to get with therapeutic type people. And it doesn't have to be therapy, mm-hmm. but, but people who have, who have recovery stories. Mm-hmm. And then they can help you the person who's out of touch, identify with reality. There's a guy I've seen here, came, he comes in from Atlanta. He's 74 years old, 75 years old. He has spent a year coming up once a month with me. He has read 120 books. Oh my. <laughs> I've never seen someone more dedicated, but at the same time, he's in a hurry. Like, mm. I, I'm 75, I gotta go. Wow, you know? yeah. And. He said, he, he said, I, I said, tell me about your growing up. Tell me about your dad and so on. And he said, you made a face when I started talking about my dad because I was talking about my brother being beaten mm. and then me knowing I'm next. Mm. And he, he said, I made a face. I said, Tom, you, you're post-traumatic stress. I'm what? Tom, you, you're harmed. Your father was abusive. Mm. He goes, but your face, the way your face was, and I knew, Chip, I could trust you, but your face told the story. In other words, I introduced him to reality yeah, outside himself. So we need therapeutic type people who can help us grasp reality because those of us who don't know what we're feeling, we're usually in denial mm-hmm. or we've just practiced growing up in a world where it was ignored. Mm-hmm. But either way, you're yeah. not fully in your life. You know? Yeah. And you've learned to suppress those things. And sometimes uh-huh. I've, as I, as you're speaking, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about when you have people who are able to point out to you what is abnormal that you have normalized, yeah. that yeah. that is so freeing to yes. say, wow, yes. that's not, that's not okay that I went through that. And this yes. feeling that I have, this is what it is. Yes. And that it actually can start to access places mm-hmm. that we may have shut down. So you might start feeling angry after that, <laughs> yes. but it's a connection to you that yeah. you may have shut off because you've normalized mistreatment or mm-hmm. things like that. So other people are very important. So that's part. Another thing to do is be willing to acknowledge how do I resist, but recognize looking at playing detective with yourself. How do I resist letting people know me? How do I judge people as somebody who's going to get me, hurt me, harm me? Mm-hmm. In other words, because that is like, and so what am I really feeling in my resistance or in my judgment? What are my defenses about? And there's a story there. So you tell the story, you acknowledge your story. You can tell your story to yourself. You can write the story on a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. You ask yourself out of these eight feelings, what's this about? Yeah. Oh, it's hurt. It's sad. Oh, I don't want to feel this. At least you know what it is. Mm-hmm. Another thing to do too is uh, when you're confused, And a lot of people, they say, I'm so confused. I don't know what I'm feeling. Well, confusion means with fusion. It means your feelings are globbed together. Mm. It's like uh, about eight colors of yarn that are all tangled up. Mm -hmm. But when you untangle yarn, you find one end, just one end. One, and you pull that, you pull it, and you start to untangle. Mm -hmm. So when you are confused, what is it you're feeling? 
And most people will say fear. Well, now you're no mm-hmm. longer confused. Mm-hmm. What are you afraid of? Yeah. I'm afraid of not knowing what to do. Well, then who do you need to go to? Who can mm-hmm. help you? See, your fear has already begun to help. Mm-hmm. Another thing to do, too, is really and truly the head and the heart is really like a parent and a child. So the parent needs to be non-judgmental and open to hearing from the child, which is the heart in this case. Okay. Mm-hmm. So a nurturing parent, you need to catch yourself wherever you can, you know, having contempt towards yourself, critical parent, like you shouldn't think that you shouldn't feel that you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't go. You shouldn't, it should like, okay, okay, okay. So the head will suppress the heart mm-hmm. unless the head is willing to hear from the heart. Wow. So the nurturing parent really needs to be asking God's question. Tell me where you are. Mm. Oh, and the child is waiting to say, mama or daddy, Mm -hmm. I'm scared. Are you going to take care of me? And as soon as the child hears, yeah, I'm going to take care of you. They don't usually say how. They they go, okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) They're they're good with that. Um, So parent child. And and I think it's really important too, Michelle, uh, morning times. Mainly, I think morning is a very good time. I think journaling mm-hmm. with uh, books that matter, reading along with you, mm-hmm. Bible nearby. I mean, journaling your life. If you, as you write the story of your life, meaning what most affected me, who most affected me, who most blessed me, who most hurt me, who do I wish I knew better? That's, those are questions of story. Mm-hmm. And as you write those stories, your feelings are going to come. Yeah. Especially if you you know what the feelings are, at least intellectually. And that's where the voice of the heart is so important. So those are some very practical, basic things. Yeah. But you notice that every single one of them requires work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. not going to come passively. <laughs> no, no. I mean, yeah. I, I, I believe... Uh, without question, we can't live in our trauma. We've got to want to get out of our trauma. Mm-hmm. At the same time, uh, Jesus isn't a, a magic. Jesus is a relationship and relationships are work. Mm-hmm. So we've got to bring a lot to Jesus for Jesus to do a lot with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's it's that yielding to his work and it's, it's work sometimes to even get to the point where you are ready to yield. Yeah. And I think as you mentioned journaling, that's probably the number one thing that's helped me to tune back into myself, understand what I'm feeling, even talk to God about things that I'm angry about or, you know, and not hide that from him. He already knows. So it's pointless for me to pretend that he is um, like blind to it just because I want to be blind to it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that in continuous writing, then I allow myself the space on that page to say, I'm writing without judgment. I'm to myself, I'm writing all of this. And it has turned that very critical parent of my mind around to say, nope, this page is full of thought. That's just going to come right out of this pen. And once they have come out, then I have clarity. I have this catharsis and then that the weight of feelings doesn't feel like it's controlling me anymore that I am aware of what they are and then able to say, okay, what's the course of action now? Because all of that, that yarn now has finally been untangled. Yes. You said you have the course of action. Yeah. Yes. So in other words, you're, you're in your life, you're in your life Mm -hmm. doing something with it. 
versus yeah. defending against life. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. <laughs> so by the way, last thing, I know we're about to stop. Yeah. yeah. A, a really important question. When you when we know we're back in our lives, uh, you know, outside of the, the, the woundings, you know, we're back, we're, we're, we're open to live again, so to speak. We're no longer saying, what is life doing to me? Mm-hmm. We're actually saying, what am I learning from life? Yeah, it and you know it's it's incredible to me because it's just taking even every feeling that you might have and just offering it back to God and just pouring it back out to him and saying show me, connect with me. You know, I I want to open this part of my life to you and yeah. when we don't put limits on that, then we open ourselves to so much healing and awareness that he would have for us and yes, there's pain in a lot, all of us have pain in our story somewhere, you know, life didn't go the way of a lot of us thought it was going to go, No. but that turning that over and saying, but I'm not going to attach toxic shame to that. I'm not going to attach any kind of judgment to that, that now I am saying, what do you say, God, about this yeah. feeling? And, and, and there's that our joy. quiet time. Yeah. He fills that in with, yeah. with that joy. Yeah. Yes. There's our joy. So we literally rounded out today that the negative becomes our, our joy. Mm. So, I mean, being able to live life on life's terms, dealing with feelings becomes, you know what, this is hard and I'm okay. This is hard and I'm going to keep on. This is hard. And I thank God that so-and-so is in my life. And I thank God that God, you're in my life. So I'm going to keep going. So it's beautiful. That negative yeah. becomes our joy. I love that. I'm going to yeah. like put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> coffee mug. (laughs) Oh, Chip, you have given so many great, just so much insight, so many tips, things that we can take away from this conversation and continue to grow emotionally and relationally. Uh, But at the end of every interview, I ask the guest the same question. And that is, if there was just one more thing to tie up the conversation that you would want a single mom to know, what would it be? I, I would say that, that, that my prayer would be that in spite of, and I'm not going to say the words that like, uh, I know it's hard. I'm saying, I I know it's frightening. Mm -hmm. I know there have got to be times when the creak of the sounds of the house or the apartment or even the car at night is like, oh my God. Mm -hmm. Knowing that we can be that far away from it Mm -hmm. is very frightening. And I pray that that fear will become the reach out because really and truly there are more people because of people dealing with feelings, there is help. I mean, solo parenting uh, society, Mm -hmm. agape moms, I mean, and birthed out of relation, birthed out of getting it, birthed out of empathy, birthed out of compassion, birthed out of I, I get where I was. And Alcoholics Anonymous and all the other anonymous meetings, the 12-step meetings, they're all about this, single moms. This is where I was. This is what happened with the creeks Mm -hmm. of the night. And this is where I am now. I have lights and I have a phone and I can put, I can use it to make the creaking of the night not be it, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So persevere would be to stay in it, persevere. And, and help is like five minutes away, so to speak. That's good. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for that, Chip. Yeah. 
I want to know if you would tell listeners how they can get in touch with you, follow you, keep up with the things that you are doing. Yeah, there uh, it's a chipdod.com is my website. And uh, mainly what I do is uh, mentoring and consulting with uh, people who are in, in influence of influencing others so that they stay healthy so they can bless others. So that's the main thing I do. And the books, The Voice of the Heart, Needs of the Heart, Parenting with Heart is uh, mm-hmm. that Stephen James and I wrote. Um, and I love the book, The Perfect Loss, uh, which is about the walking through the Beatitudes. It's a mm-hmm. book full of hope and uh, perseverance that outcomes that at the moment of our bleakest is where the, often the light is brightest. Mm-hmm. Because we're so dark, any light at all, we can see. <laughs> bright that bright. is the truth. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yes. Yeah. So, and that book, uh, it just doesn't get advertised much, but I love that book, The Perfect Loss, mm. about walking through the Beatitudes, which which every single mom has to do. Yeah. Has to, mm. whether we like it or not, you know. Yeah. And I'll have links to all that in the show notes, but thank you so much for being on today. Right. Yeah. Bless you. And I, I enjoyed meeting you. Me too. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> Sometimes feeling our feelings is a convoluted and messy experience. It is difficult because it involves us living out our lives in front of other people. But in talking to Chip and in reading his book and just in my own experiences, I've seen where allowing myself to go through that process and accepting my feelings has brought me so much healing in the context of relationships and people who are walking on the journey along with me. I'll have a link to all of Chip's resources in the show notes, but if you're looking for people to walk alongside of you as you go through this, I wanna tell you about a few ways that you can do that. You can find Agape Moms on Facebook or Instagram at Agape Moms, and there's actually a private Facebook group that you can join called Beloved Collective, and there you can just connect with other single moms. The way that you'll find us there is by going to the Facebook page and clicking on the groups tab and then submitting a request to join the group. Additionally, I have started producing a weekly video devotional to help you with some of the concepts that you might be learning here in the podcast. We'll go through a scripture verse and some guided questions and start to dig a little more deeply into some of the things that God might have for us as we continue to heal and walk together. If you'd like to get notifications when those videos become available, just subscribe to the Agape Moms YouTube channel. I hope this episode has helped you to gain a little clarity when it comes to your own emotions and then also some practical steps that you can take to start to explore this in a way that brings you a deeper sense of healing. And as you go through that, I pray that you would know that you are seen and you are beloved.